Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fancy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere, and I'm Bobby Sylvester, back after missing a show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mike Tagliere NFL, and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Tags, I listened to the show. Thank you for not making fun of me too much when I wasn't there to defend myself on Friday. <laughs> no, it's good to have you back. I, I I did tell Greg on his podcast. Uh, we had a, he he was our the guest on our show, and as you know, you and I guested on his podcast. And I on his show, I told him that you're the best host I've ever worked with. And he's Thanks, like, man. And he and he said that that was a slight to him because he was obviously hosting the podcast <laughs> with me, and I didn't realize he'd take it that way. But it was all it was a joke. It was all fun and games. That's and, uh, fun. It's good to have you back. Thanks, man. So our guest today is Matt Friedman of FantasyLabs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle. Matt, thanks for taking the time to join the show today. Oh, my pleasure. It's a good time to be here. A lot of football to talk about. That's right. We have a ton to talk about today. You know, Matt, I was actually up in your neck of the woods this weekend, which is kind of weird because you live, you know, in the middle of Iowa. I was going to a wedding. And on the way there, we stopped in Chicago. I had the deep dish pizza, which I was pumped about. But the big winner of the weekend was Portello's Italian beef sandwiches. They were so good. I went back later that night to pack lunch for the next day. (laughs) Why do these places not like expand all over the universe so everyone can eat them whenever they want? Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm uh, relatively new to Iowa. I've been here just two years. And like as it is, no matter where I live, I pretty much just like hunker down in my house and I, I don't leave unless I have to. Like there you I, go. I don't I don't like going out and having to like interact <laughs> with people and talk with people like I'm I'm uh, like a misanthrope. I just you know, so anyway, we're I, soulmates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't go out unless I have to. But but then when I find a restaurant, I go to that place all the time. There like, you I, go. I find my two or three places and I just uh, I hit them until I'm totally tired. Yeah, I think I might need to move to Chicago. I hated being around all the people, but like Portillo's was so good. I need to eat that at least once every five hours. Yeah, Portillo's, if you guys have never had Portillo's and there's one near your house, you need to like get on that stat because it is legit. And uh, I don't know, maybe they don't expand because it would just come too commercialized, kind of like a Krispy Kreme did, you know, and like they kind of like got oversaturated to the point where people got sick of them. So um, there's something to be said about scarcity. Yeah, so here's what we got going on today, guys. We have a few news items to cover on today's show. Actually, quite a few, so that might take a little bit of time. Then we'll dive into takeaways from last week's preseason games. First, though, I want to touch on a few things we have going on for our listeners. Um, Number one, we're getting really close to the season. Your drafts are going to be here before you know it. I wanted to remind you all, you can get all our premium tools for just $10 for six months. Okay, you get all our premium tools for six months, just 10 bucks. These premium tools are going to help you dominate both the draft and in season. If you've already got premium, you can still extend for six months, and it's just 10 bucks still. It's going to carry you through the entire season, give you access to everything, basically cheating, but it's worth it. Your league mates are going to be super jealous. All you have to do, go to fantasypros.com slash offer, or you can go to fantasypros.com slash extend. You have to deposit $10 to draft.com, which is an amazing DFS site where you can do live snake drafts before the games every week, or you can do these best ball leagues, which are closing soon, and they're a blast too. So I would hurry up and do that so you can get in on some best ball drafts before the season starts. Also, I want to let you know, I finally did the combine. We're not going to talk about the results on today's show. There's just too much to hit on. We'll talk about them on next show. It'll be fun. If you want, just go to Google and uh, type in Bobby Sylvester combine. You'll see the results. There's a good video with it. And uh, finally, we're giving away a signed David Johnson jersey. All you have to do is go to fantasypros.com slash contest. You'll see how to enter there. It takes like 30 seconds to do. We're giving away a signed David Johnson jersey at fantasypros.com slash contest. Okay, guys, let's get into the news here, and uh, there's quite a bit. Tags, what do you want to talk about first, man? 
What do I want to talk about first? I mean, it's it's probably a good time to talk about Alfred Morris signing with the uh, 49ers. And the reason I say that is because Jarek McKinnon, if you guys missed it, over the weekend, he uh, he had to go for an MRI and had a lot of people worried. It came back just a calf strain. So he's going to be okay, but he's going to be missing some time. As we know, Matt Breida suffered a, a separated shoulder, so he's going to miss some time. So the 49ers signed Alfred Morris. I tweeted out something basically saying, don't forget, guys, Alfred Morris has played under Kyle Shanahan before in 2012 and 2013 when Alfred Morris had the two best years of his career. 1,600 rushing yards, baby. It's not, it's not, I, I understand this is a couple of years back and I understand that Alfred Morris may not be the same player that he once was, but Matt, I'm getting a lot of bad feedback on this one saying he's just a camp body, Mike. This is nothing to worry about. I, I would actually say that Alfred Morris with the way that he looked last year, he looked better than Matt Breida on first and second down, and we know that he's better than Jarek McKinnon on first and second down. Could this be a combination of they needed a body to bring in, and it's possible that Alfred Morris, the fact that he knows his system on such short notice, they might need a durable running back? Yeah, I think at a minimum, he's someone who could be a good mentor uh, and help other running backs learn the system. But we are looking at a guy who has familiarity with his coach and had 115 rushes last year. Like, that's not nothing. That's actually like a pretty decent number of rushes. And he had 4.8 yards per carry. Now, granted, it was behind a pretty good Dallas offensive line. Um, but he is someone who does have a history. And he's sort of like the running back version of Pierre Garçon. You know, like if you're interested in Garçon, I mean, you maybe should be interested in Morris, especially given how fragile the running back position is. Bobby, what's your take on this? Do you think Morris is is like a legitimate guy that maybe you should take at the end of a draft? Like, so let's say that someone's drafting this upcoming weekend. Would you take a flyer on Alfred Morris with your last pick? There's like 10 other guys who are similar that I would rather take a flyer on. For instance, John Kelly, who looked amazing, by the way. This dude is really good. The Rams know what they're doing drafting running backs, right? He looked awesome. I'm excited about him. Well, obviously, Todd Gurley's in the way. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather, much rather have a lot of guys like that um, than I would Alfred Morris. With that said, it's a good offense, man, if he gets a chance. But I'm, I'm not going to draft him. He's just someone that I'm keeping on my radar. And if it's time to pick him up, yeah, I'm going to spend quite a bit of fam. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, that's where I'm at is like the fact that he, he's, he costs you nothing. Jarek McKinnon isn't a great one, two down option. Matt Breida is a good depth chart guy. Uh, I'm just saying that it's very possible that this extends bigger than just like a body that's going to get cut from the roster because people have been telling me that he's going to get cut. Joe Williams is going to get cut. That's what this tells me. That's what it tells me more about, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got two really quick things. Uh, Bears sign Roquan Smith finally. I like the Bears as a sleeper defense. And, you know, we haven't really talked about defense or kickers that much. Someone called us out on it. Like, you know what? They're right. A lot of people play with defense and kickers. Now, I want to tell you all that um, Tags and I don't draft a kicker. I don't know if Tags is drafting a defense. If you do, it's just a week one streamer. If I'm drafting one, it's only a week one streamer. Then you stream the next week. I'm not drafting a kicker or a defense, though. That's just the way that we roll. Yeah, so Bobby does that so that he's got extra, you know, running backs and wide receivers on his bench in case uh, of an injury in preseason. Yeah, if Todd uh, Gurley gets hurt, I've got John Kelly, and he might be an RB1 right Right, away. right, and that makes sense. But, like, people are asking, you know, last year we talked about the Jaguars, and I, I felt like the Jags, I had them in every best ball league that I was in. Because you, you took them the round before the last, and you were guaranteed to get them. There's no Jags on the, on this year, guys. Nothing I'm, close. I'm not going to tell no. you that there is. The Chargers are a defense I like a lot. Uh, but the Bears are a good sleeper defense. I mean, the front seven, mm-hmm. now that they did get Roquan under there, I, I I think they could be better. Matt, is there someone that a defense that you've been targeting? Like, let's say that, I mean, I'm guessing you're like us where you're waiting until the last round to take a defense. And if you do, what what defense do you find yourself drafting most of the time? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm like very defense agnostic, and I kind of don't care. But um, you know, the the Broncos uh, they were a defense that you know historically was good. You know, like two, three, four years ago. Uh, but last year they just were not good. But I think a lot of that had to do with some injuries, and then also with the offensive incompetency putting them in really poor field position. Uh, I think this year they could bounce back just because the offense will be better. I think that you know the defense will have better health uh, health luck, uh, and then you know they invested in the first round in another pass rusher. I think that will help. So they're a defense that I think has a lot of potential and is hanging around longer than they should. So if they're there uh, in the second to last round or last round and you have to, like you're in a league where you are required to exit the draft with a defense, that's a team I like. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other sleepers I like. And again, nothing like the Jags last year, the Saints, the Cardinals, uh, even the Giants, uh, the Titans improved quite a bit. Those are really the only ones that I would qualify as sleepers. Obviously, you've got like the Broncos, Ravens, Eagles, uh, Texans up there, Vikings, Chargers, Rams, Jags. So if you're waiting really late, those are the ones I like. Uh, for kickers, just draft the team. Just draft the kicker from the best offense, right? Kickers are different. Like for, for me, yeah, you're, def- you're definitely chasing a kicker that you know the team's going to be put in scoring position a lot. And it works out even better if they don't have like a goal line running back or a go-to red zone wide receiver. So looking at those and I, me, me typically, I look for an indoor kicker if I'm choosing between two of them. Like I've had Dan Bailey on a lot of teams. I've had Matt Bryant, Adam Vinatieri, because these guys, you don't have to worry about them during the winter months when like the, the weather is crazy in Buffalo. You don't have to worry about that because these guys are playing indoors. So that's one of the things I keep in mind. I'm sure we're going to touch a little more in like in depth in kickers and defenses in another episode. We wanted to make sure that you guys, we haven't forgot about you guys. All right. Uh, Sam Darnold getting the majority of first team reps for the second straight day. Guys, I think this is actually going to happen. I don't know if it really changes anything fantasy wise. Like Josh McCown was pretty good last year. And I think Sam Darnold's going to kind of be similar as a rookie. So I, it doesn't change anything for me. Matt, do you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the team probably wants to. The thing that's interesting about Darnold is that uh, he's, you know, the youngest NFL quarterback in history. Um, so I think, you know, the team would be justified in really wanting to sit him for a year, let him learn because he is very young. He played for only two years in college. But at the same time, he was the number three overall pick and he looked pretty good in his preseason game. So I think it makes sense for them to start giving him first team reps really to see what they have. All right, guys, I saw that Jeremy Hill was being used over Mike Gillisley, and I know a lot of you are probably thinking, like, well, what does this matter? Like, Mike Gillisley was third on the depth chart. Jeremy Hill has been extraordinarily efficient on the goal line in his career. Tags, I'm wondering if you think maybe the Patriots stole one here, and they're going to use Jeremy Hill just like they used LeGarrette Blount. I mean, it's very possible. It's very possible because, as you mentioned, uh, Jeremy Hill, if there was one thing that he was good at while in Cincy, it was actually getting into the end zone when they were on the goal line. Uh, with Sony Michelle exiting, you know, having an injury with Rex Burkhead missing tons of practice as well, it's created an opportunity. And the fact that Jeremy Hill is being used over Mike Gillisley in the first preseason game, the fact that he's getting first team reps in practice, it kind of says a lot because Mike Gillisley, he's been there a year in the system. It seems like, you know, he got on Bill Belichick's bad side and he's paying for it. So I, I, the way that I projected this all along was that one of these two guys were going to make the team while the other was going to be cut. Uh, I, I thought it would be Jeremy Hill just because Mike Gillisley had a year experience in the offense, but it seems like they're, they prefer Jeremy Hill right now. So if for whatever reason, Sony Michelle's injury lingers into the regular season, 
I am absolutely thinking that Jeremy Hill will have some early week, uh, like some touchdown upside. And like, and if he does well, who's to say he doesn't just stick in there? Yeah, and let's say that you draft someone like Rashad Penny and you find out that Chris Carson actually is the starter, or you drafted Mark Ingram and you need someone for the first couple weeks. Jeremy Hill might be able to fill a role if Rex Burkhead or Sony Michelle misses time uh, in a high-scoring offense. So I'm I'm paying attention to this one. I wanted to throughout the preseason. Uh, so to know that Hill is practicing with the first team over him is is somewhat noteworthy. Yeah, I just took him in my first best ball draft, and I think there will be many more unless we hear different news. Now, we've got two bigger news items to talk about uh, right after this, but first I want to tell you about NFL Game Pass, which is just a phenomenal tool for our listeners to be able to, to get better at fantasy football. Only with NFL Game Pass do you get every out-of-market preseason game live. The Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Patriots is this week. Sam Darnold faced Saquon Barkley in Week 3. It all happens this preseason live with NFL Game Pass. I'm most excited to see the Colts here next week, just so we can really get an indication of how, how ready is Andrew Luck? Like, is he good to go? And I can watch this game if I'm out of the market. If I miss the game, I can replay it after it's aired. Whatever game you want to watch this preseason, you'll need NFL Game Pass to do so if you're out of the market. Josh Allen faced Baker Mayfield in Week 2. Patrick Mahomes takes on Mitch Trubisky in Week 3. I know Tags is going to be watching that one. Make sure to watch all the action this preseason with NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2018 NFL season with a 7-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at NFL.com slash Fantasy Pros. Game on. Tags, did you see the coaches film? Oh yeah, it's the best thing for me because like wide receivers, a lot of time what people do is just look at stats and they don't really see what a wide receiver is doing on the field. Uh, so with all 22, it's a coach's film so you can see where all 22 players are on the field at any point. Uh, so if I want to watch, you know, Devontae Parker, you know, against a top tier cornerback, I can do that even if he wasn't targeted on that play. So you can kind of break down and see what the quarterback's looking at. Was he open? Did he get open? Is he just not getting separation? You can see all that stuff on Game Pass. And this is why they're offering you seven days is because you're not going to believe just how good it is, right? Once you get your hands on this, it's like, man, I don't know if I'll ever look back because this is that amazing. You guys, just take the free trial. Take a look at how amazing NFL Game Pass is. All right, so I also want to talk about Saquon Barkley's hamstring injury. Now, a lot of times this is just, you know, he's going to be out a week, maybe two. Maybe he just takes it a little bit easier is this something that really worries you, Matt? No, not really. Um, if we start to hear closer to like week three of the preseason that this is something that is lingering and the team is actually worried about, uh, then I'll probably bump him down a few spots in my rankings. But as of now, I'm not really worried. What about you, Tags? I mean, because sometimes these things linger for a long time if they don't do it right. Yeah, if they push a the player back, that it obviously is going to linger. And uh, Pat Shermer came out and said that they're, they're going to monitor him going forward, that it was a slight little tweak to his hamstring. Uh, I don't think he's going to play for the rest of the preseason, guys, and I don't think they should play him for the rest of the preseason. He kind of showed you in week one what he what he offers. You know, he, he does bounce runs outside a little bit much, but he's got the burst to make up for that. Like, that's the thing is, like, when he does that and then he finds a hole, he'll hit it real fast, uh, make defenders look silly at times. So, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be fine. I just don't think that you're going to see him for the rest of the preseason. And it's potential that, you know, he drops in drafts because of that. So if you can get him in that mid to late first round, I'm all over it. You know, it kind of annoys me that everyone's like, see, man, he's really good. I had no idea he was this good. Like, this is exactly who we knew he was. Don't move him up your draft board just because he had one big run. So um, and we're going to be talking about some of that today as we take a look at, um, you know, takeaways from week one in the preseason. Uh, the final one, and this is the biggest news here, Peyton Barber was named as the Bucks starter. Matt, where were you drafting him now? And what are we doing with Ronald Jones? Is he even draftable? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a mess. I think it's going to go back and forth. Uh, one of the issues with Jones coming out of college was that uh, 
his athleticism, uh, his his timed athleticism didn't really match the hype that he had, uh, and then he never really did all that much as a pass catcher. Uh, so you have a guy who has a skill set that is actually kind of overlapping quite a bit with Barber. So it's not as if it's a situation where Barber uh, can be sort of like the Jonathan Stewart function, and then you have Ronald Jones playing as sort of like a Christian McCaffrey. Like these are two guys who are very similar. I'm staying away from both of them. Um, I think it's just going to be a mess for a lot of the season. Oh man, I hate to hear that because like I'm still I'm still aboard the fact that Ronald Jones. I still think Ronald Jones starts. The reason I'm saying that is because they asked Dirk Cutter what it meant to see Ron, uh, Peyton Barber name the starter, and he said that nothing's engraved in stone, guys. Like it's just a name on the depth chart right now. There's still a long process to go through. I think they're just kind of making Ronald Jones earn it. It's something that we kind of heard even before training camp started that they were that Barber was the starter and that Ronald Jones, you know, he's got to show his worth. If there's a positive to take away from it, it's that Dirk Cutter said during their preseason game that Ronald Jones's pass protection looks good. Uh, so the fact that he was he said he was average running the ball, that's the area that I'm not really worried about with Ronald Jones. When he's got the ball in his hand, he's fine. It was the pass protection that everybody was concerned about. So I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh, I don't with Peyton Barber. He's a very mediocre talent. I just don't think that he's going to to win you any fantasy league. So I'm not going out of my way to draft him. Hopefully this bumps down Ronald Jones to the point where he's probably going to be taken with guys like Carrion Johnson. And he might fall even below Carrion just because Carrion had a, a, such a good showing in his first week. So I mean, I, I'll, I'm okay taking Ronald Jones even if he doesn't even if even he's not starting the year because that's the area of the draft where you're drafting kind of like handcuffs or third down backs, anyways. Yeah, count me in on the group that says Ronald Jones is going to start. Uh, Peyton Barber, yeah, draft him. Uh, probably not where his ADP is going to end up. By the way, ADP means average draft position if uh, this is one of your first times listening to the show. And uh, we have a consensus ADP, what we take from all the sites. So you can just see, you know, this is what the industry thinks about Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber and all these players. I'm not taking Peyton Barber where his ADP has been the last week. Ronald Jones, yeah, give me all the shares. Yeah, sure. For, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I just don't think you draft a running back at the top of the second round if, you, uh, if you're confident in Peyton Barber's ability. Yeah, this coach, this coach speak that we hear every preseason, this helps us out in the drafts as we get ready for our drafts because we know who Ronald Jones is. We know what the Bucks are going to do with him, right? And we could be wrong. It happens. It definitely does happen. But more often than not, we're going to get a discount on a player who's going to have a good fantasy season. Now, guys, let's talk about these takeaways and the way we're going to do it, kind of this roundtable fashion that we've been doing a lot this preseason where we just go around and give one at a time until we're out of time for the show. So, uh, Tags, why don't you start us off here? What's one takeaway you have from week one preseason? Uh, that the Bengals know what they have in Joe Mixon. and the re- <laughs> You stole mine. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because when you watch Joe Mixon, like I told people this offseason that – I love Mixon. Obviously, he's going to have the one-two down job, but people are like, Gio Bernard's not going anywhere. I'm like, well, that's kind of a bad argument because Gio Bernard's going to have a role for sure, but he's not going to be the third down back because you could say that Mixon's best attribute is catching the ball. And he moves, like once he gets in the open field, he moves really well. That was on full display. The Bengals were using him on first and second down. And then on third down, they lined him up as a wide receiver. He caught the ball in the flat and then proceeded to break two tackles to run for a touchdown. Joe Mixon, it just, if it makes me happy to see the Bengals with Mixon, with John Ross on the field. A.J. Green is out there looking healthy. This could be a much better offense in 2018, and I think people are somewhat sleeping on them. Uh, Matt, where are you on Mixon, and, w- what po- and even if you do like him like I do, what's the point of, okay, his ADP is getting a little too high because I've started seeing him go in the middle of the second round now. Yeah, I, I love him. I thought he was great coming out of college. 
Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, his three-down skill set is Le'Veon Bell-esque for a guy that big. And he's, I think he's actually more athletic than Bell. So he has a lot of potential there. One of the things that could potentially hold him back is the offensive line, although I think that should be better this year than it was last year. Uh, but yeah, to the question of where would I look to draft him, uh, I would be happy to get him as my second running back. And I, I think he is in that, that, uh, that group of guys just below the top tier uh, where you're kind of uncertain. But he, I think is the the top of that group so i think he's he's fine uh end of second round ish i think the middle of the second round is a little aggressive they're probably wide receivers i would rather have there um but yeah mixon is i for me kind of like the the top of that rb2 tier would you rather have him or jarek mckinnon or christian mccaffrey that's a good question uh i would rather have mckinnon Um, I think McCaffrey probably offers a little bit more, but I think I'd rather have Mixon in some weird way. Like I, you know, like I just, I think I prefer Mixon as a, as a player because I think Mixon has much more upside. Like he has the opportunity for so many more touches. I, uh, I give up tags. You win. Okay, man. I completely (laughs) changed my mind on Joe Mixon. I was feeling it out for a while. I was feeling pretty confident, but you know what? At this stage, I'm always willing to change my mind based on what I see. And I want to say this about this segment, okay? The takeaway segment, it can be really easy to take to find takeaways that just aren't really there. There's a ton going on. You can't read into everything. Some of it is clear, though. Joe Mixon is a bell cow. That's how the Bengals are going to use him. That's who he is. He's got the talent. I just wasn't sure it was going to be the case. It is the case. Got to admit I was wrong. Now I'm all in on the Joe Mixon hype train. I'm cool with taking him in the late second round. Yeah, I'd take him over Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, buddy. I'm taking him over McKinnon. I'm taking him over LaShawn McCoy. Just the risk there. Uh, McCaffrey is like the the drawing point where it's like, how do I want to build my team? If you're looking for upside, Mixon's the pick. If you're looking for safety, McCaffrey offers a little bit more um, safety, especially in PPR formats. Uh, But moving over, let's talk about Matt. What's your biggest takeaway from this preseason action that we've seen so far? Is there anything from training camp? This can extend through either or just some of the, the hype that's been built up around some players yeah so uh, I feel like for months a lot of the talk has been the rookie quarterbacks you know like coming from the draft uh, five first round rookies uh, and you know I think what we saw in week one was sort of emblematic of how they were as prospects like Baker Mayfield especially was I thought so impressive in, in his debut you know, he seemed very poised. I thought he was very good at moving around the pocket and buying time. I thought he did a good job scrambling when he needed to. Um, some of his throws were right on. And, and he did some things that were, you know, sort of like, quote unquote, like rookie-ish, you know. But like for this being his debut, I thought he looked great. I thought uh, Sam Darnold also looked great. I think uh, those two guys is the top two quarterbacks uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, that looks pretty good now. Josh Allen looked very Josh Allen-esque. Uh, you know, he throws uh, a ball 70 yards and it, it's incomplete and out of bounds. And so on the one hand, you have people who are like, uh, that wasn't a good throw. And then you have people on the other side who are like, did you see he threw it over that mountain? You know, so like, you know, yes. and, and then Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, scored a running touchdown and, and Rosen was just kind of like there, which I, you know, I feel like that was how Rosen was in the draft process. So like, I feel like what we've seen, it's almost like confirmation bias. Like, whatever you probably believed out of the rookies entering the draft is probably what you still believe after week one. But I was really impressed with a couple of those guys. Baker Mayfield was absolutely the, every bit the quarterback that I saw on tape in college. He looked every bit in the pro style offense, and that makes me happy. He's going to win a Super Bowl, man. I don't know if he, he's going to do it in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield's going to win a Super Bowl, though. Well, I'm going to talk about the Browns here in a minute, but um, I, 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 
I actually love this take, uh, Matt. It, it, that's exactly how I felt while watching these quarterbacks. That Sam Sam Darnold was actually more impressive than I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be a little bit more green. Uh, obviously, he plays for the Jets, which is a weird thing for me to say. Uh, but I, I don't think that he should start. I thought McCown should start the season for them. Uh, so I'd be disappointed for them to rush Darnold into it when they have McCown and Bridgewater on the roster. I just don't feel like you need to rush it. This is not a, a competing team. Give him some reps in practice. Let him build up. You know, start him midway in the season. That's what I would do. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, the fact that Rosen's just kind of like there, but a report came out like right before we started recording that uh, the Cardinals are going to give Josh Rosen some first team reps uh, on fr- in their Friday practice, if I'm not mistaken, is what it said. So I don't I don't really get that. I think Sam Bradford's the starting quarterback there unless he's injured uh, for now. OK, here's my big takeaway is uh, we know who the Browns starting running back is now. At least the Browns seem to have made it clear to us. I moved up Carlos Hyde from RB38 on my draft list to RB23. The Browns used him for three snaps. They got him the ball. They got him the heck out of the game because he's the starter, not Nick Chubb. That was one of my notes. Matt, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think for me, the the question wasn't whether Hyde would be the starter entering the season. It was just, one, how long would he be able to keep the job? And then two, would the Browns be good enough on offense uh, so that he could get a lot of those second half touches instead of, uh, you know, those targets uh, going to Duke Johnson. Yeah. So this 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 offense is really weird. And it's like we're starting to see it take shape. And there, there's some real there's some positives and there's some negatives. Right. The negatives are that Hugh Jackson refuses to make a competition at quarterback when it should be. Tyrod Taylor looked good. Uh, he looked good as well. So I'm not saying that Baker should be handed the job, but it should always be a competition. If you're an NFL coach, you say every spot is up for grabs. Give me the best player. But they're not doing that. So the fact that he said that about Tyrod and he's the starter, I think they feel the same way about Carlos Hyde. And Bobby, as you mentioned, they got him the heck out of the game. Nick Chubb played an awful lot, actually, and he didn't look particularly good. Now, granted, there's some moving parts in the offensive line. It was his first NFL game. I don't want to take too much. It's just like you don't want to bump someone up too much. You don't want to knock them down too much. But it's clear to me that Carlos Hyde is the starter, and I also moved him up my rankings today. I I still have him right around that RB30 range because I'm not confident that he carries that that, that title throughout the entire season with how inefficient he was uh, with San Francisco last year. But uh, I think it is clear going into the season that he is the starting running back. You wouldn't draft him over like Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Deion Lewis? I would not draft him over Derrick Henry, no. Um, Deion Lewis, eh, if it's a standard league, maybe. Uh, not PPR. Yeah, PPR, no chance. But he's like in that range now for me. It's like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I, I, would take, I would take Rex Burkhead. And I've got Lynch really high, though. So <laughs> Yeah, I would take Rex Burkhead over him. Um, just because I feel like he's attached to a better offense right now. Uh, but again, we're going to talk about the Browns here. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Tags, why don't you give us your second takeaway then? Well, let's just go to the Browns. So I stopped saying that <laughs> the Browns offense is something you want to invest in. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to like this, this might sound like a backhanded compliment, but I, I, I'm starting to turn my back on the whole Hugh Jackson thing, because here's, here's my thing. There's certain coaches in the NFL that are good coordinators and then they go on to be a head coach and they really suck at it. And it, it's because it's a different job, especially someone like Hugh Jackson, who apparently said, I don't need an offensive coordinator. I'm going to call my plays. It's an additional responsibility. You're taking you away from some other things. Maybe the head coaching is taking you away from the offense, whatever. He wasn't good at it. OK, so what did he do? He did. Well, he still has a bad defensive coordinator. We don't even need to talk about Greg Williams, but 
he went out and got Todd Haley. And Todd Haley is running the offense, and it looked fantastic in the preseason. Uh, you know, knowing that you're tied to Tyrod Taylor, who has played successfully, got the Bills to the playoffs last year, or Baker Mayfield, you want the pieces to this offense because it's going to be a much improved offense going forward under Todd Haley. Uh, so I give Hugh Jackson credit for, for acknowledging I need an offensive coordinator. Um, does it turn around the team? I don't know. I can't answer that. But what I can say is that their offense is one that I want to invest in. Do you agree? I mean, I, I'm all aboard for, for dynasty, right, Matt? But for this season, I'm not so sure. How do you feel about it? Yeah, actually, I'm on board. Uh, I, I think Todd Haley is going to do a lot of good with that offense. Uh, David Njoku looked fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Two touchdowns. And I, I love the way that he scored the touchdowns. Uh, one of them was, you know, uh, uh, an end zone look uh, where he goes up between two defenders, uh, two defenders and gets the ball. And then one is where he's just running away in coverage from the linebacker. Uh, he could be an absolute monster this year. Like, I think he has top five tight end potential. Uh, Josh Gordon is, you know, this X factor where we really don't know what we're going to get. Um, but I'm I'm willing to take the risk on him. Uh, whoever wins the quarterback job, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield. That's the person I'm targeting in drafts. In two quarterback leagues or standard one quarterback leagues? Standard. Like that, you know, like I'm I'm a late round quarterback guy. Uh that player's gonna be there in the late rounds, you know? So Tyrod Taylor has been a, a low end uh QB one or high end QB two in his three seasons as a starter. I think he has that potential uh, there in Cleveland, and if he's no longer the starter, I think Mayfield has that potential. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Tags. I, I want pieces of that offense. Absolutely. Yeah, and it stinks to know that Baker's not going to start. And I don't – honestly, I think the earliest Baker starts is week, or week 12 because they have their bye in week 11. So I just don't think that, like, they're in a position. It seems like they're just locked into this plan that they have uh, to, to rent a player in terms of Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde where they're just one-year players uh, essentially on one-year deals. So – um, but yeah, Tyrod Taylor is not bad for an offense. He's good for running backs. Mobile quarterbacks intend to increase stats for the running backs they play alongside. Just look at Robert Griffin, the third stats along every running back he plays with. Um, so that'll help. So again, I, yep. And I think that Josh Gordon, by the way, I think the news is going to come out soon that he's returning to the team once the uh, hard knock stuff is over. Yeah, I agree. Just, just a side note. I think it was, um, it, it's easy to, to be like, oh, what is he doing? But I think this was a very forward looking, um, proactive gesture on his part to uh, to nip any issues in the bud. So I, I think like it's some people might be kind of freaking out about it and, and uh, moving him down their draft boards. I think this is actually a very good sign from a maturing player. He looks like a monster too. This has to be the strongest wide receiver in the NFL. And I don't I don't really want to get into that kind of stuff too much. But I try not to look at pictures of Josh Gordon because then I'm like. I got to draft him. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> He's the anti-Eddie Lacy. I got to draft him and I have to go work out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I need to work out. All right. We're going to get to Matt's second one in here in just a second. But I want to talk about another one of the sponsors to today's show, Lisa Mattresses. And I've talked about them quite a bit before. So let me tell you. So I was gone all weekend. And, you know, I slept in a good hotel. The mattress was quality and everything like that. But I couldn't sleep. I never have any trouble sleeping on my Lisa mattress. I'm like, I lay down, I'm out within three, four minutes every single time. I couldn't sleep just because it wasn't my Lisa. It wasn't comfortable. I'm back now. I'm so pumped for tonight. And guys, a quality night's sleep 
helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnouts, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall just make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's just science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30 plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world better than they found it, but doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell. They're committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss out on the summer savings. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash fantasy pros. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros. All right, Matt, what is your number two takeaway? I almost feel kind of dirty saying this, um, but the, <laughs> oh boy. the the John Gruden 1998 offense in Oakland, uh, at least for one game, didn't look horrible considering uh, that Connor Cook, who has looked bad in his career up to this point, looked pretty decent running that offense. Uh, you know, uh, Manuel, as the, the third stringer coming in, looked competent uh, in just a few snaps. But um, that offense, at least for one game, wasn't horrible. And it didn't seem, you know, like overly antiquated or anything like that. It, it looked like a, a normal functioning NFL offense. Um, so maybe there's the possibility that that Oakland offense actually will be better than expected. I am. I'm on board with this. I think that the whole John Gruden thing, I think the fact that he said he wants to run the ball like it's 1998, I think it's just a media ploy. And give Amari Cooper 2,000 touches. Well, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, Gruden, like now he, now that he's been part of the media, he knows how to use it to his advantage, and that's exactly what he's doing. So um, I don't think this is going to turn back the clock. I think it's going to be a well-balanced offense, if anything. Marshawn Lynch looked really good, too, by the way. I don't... So Marshawn Lynch last year, he kind of looked like he was a little overweight and sluggish when he got into camp. But man, he ran. I think the one touchdown got called back. Um, but Marshawn Lynch looked fantastic, like outrunning players. Like he he looked so good. And like honestly, I was like, wow, this guy looks like he's back to like 28 years old. Like he's just a guy that just won't go away. So I love Lynch. Uh, obviously, Doug Martin has turned some heads. Jordy Nelson, they say, has looked pretty good. Uh, but I I don't know if I've said the stat on the show bef- yet, but John Gruden has had at least one 1,000-yard receiver in every sing- on every single team that he's ever coached, sometimes two. So there's going to be one part of this offense, and I think it's Amari Cooper because he's the only one it's gotta be. that can. It's not Jared Cook. And it's not, it's not going to be Jordy Nelson, guys. He's not putting up 1,000 yards in his first year in a new offense with a new quarterback, yada, yada. No, Amari Cooper's the guy. I agree. I don't have Derek Carr very high. I love Marshawn Lynch in this situation, though. I'm getting Every share of Marshawn Lynch. If you're in my league, forget it. He's all mine. <laughs> Don't even try. I will draft him like five rounds earlier than you, just to make sure. Hey, we're going to find out. Actually, guys, I want to let you guys know. I totally forgot. We're going to be doing a live stream mock draft on the podcast. You guys can go and join us on this live stream. All you have to do to be entered to be to have a chance to be part of it is go to fantasypros.com forward slash mock draft. We're going to pick eight guys to, to draft next Tuesday. We're going to figure out the time. We haven't figured that out quite yet. Whoever has the highest analyzer grade, we're going to give you a free Fantasy Pros upgrade. So go check it out, fantasypros.com forward slash mock draft. I call P. Water is not allowed to be in this draft because he will just take all my guys every time again. <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. I, I don't know who's doing the picking, but it's not going to be me. All right, here's my second takeaway. And this one is going to seem minimal, but I'm going to tell you that uh, I, I don't think it is. I'm getting James Conner now in every single league in the last round. 
Uh, he has surpassed even John Kelly as my favorite backup running back. I mean, we saw what D'Angelo Williams did when Le'Veon Bell went down. And Le'Veon Bell, he's not injury-prone or anything, but he's not the most durable running back. If this happens, I think James Conner, based on what I saw in preseason game one, I went back and, and game passed this game because I was really interested in Mason Rudolph for dynasty purposes, and he looked awesome. But then I saw James Conner running, and the dude is He's a baller. This is this is a good running back in the NFL. And if Le'Veon Bell was to go down or or whatever would happen, I think James Conner would be an RB one. I'm a big believer. Matt, where are you at on this? Because some people believe, believe Jalen Samuels is the is the one who would back up Le'Veon Bell. Oh, it would be Tucson if it's not. It's, it's Samuels isn't in the mix, man. It's either Conner or Tucson, but I, it's got to be Conner. Yeah, I'm overly optimistic on Jalen Samuels, and it's just from like a, a dynasty like draft analysis perspective. Like I want him to have a good NFL career, but the odds are it probably won't happen. So if I had to go between uh, Conner or Tucson, I would go with Conner uh, just because of the size. I think he would be the guy likelier to get goal line carries. He looked a ton quicker, too. Like, I don't know if you watched him run at all last year. He just kind of looked like a dud. Like, oh, they need to replace him, get a better backup running back. This year, James Conner looked electric. No, that's the, that, that's what they've been saying about camp, too. Like, it, it kind of goes off of what has been said about him, that he got in better shape this offseason and that uh, he wants to be the backup. He wants to be that guy. So, Jalen Samuels seems like he's more of, like, a usable piece that they're going to move him around a lot. They can use him as a tight end, as a fullback, as a running back. They'd use him in, in different ways. Uh, I'm curious because it's not obviously not Todd Haley's offense anymore they're going to be a little bit more fast-paced so maybe that flexibility would benefit someone like Samuels uh, so we'll see how this plays out but James Conner did look good and they've been saying nothing but good things coming out of camp and one more thing on Conner like he's another year removed from the ACL injury and another year removed from the chemotherapy that he had to have uh, you know so like I could see you know like his senior year in college really wasn't all that great he got a lot of volume, but it wasn't very efficient. Uh, you know, first year in the NFL, I think, is always an adjustment. So, like, I could see this being, uh, you know, just like the not a breakout, but the year in which we we really see like a professional looking, highly competent NFL player, uh, a guy who looks like what you would expect the guy who was awesome as a freshman and sophomore to look like in the NFL. Yeah. All right, Dags, let's go to your number three here, man. All right, so while everybody talked about Isaiah Crowell and like, oh, his ADP is going to shoot up, I think most people miss the fact that I, that Bilal Powell started. Like, he was the starting running back, guys. He, <laughs> no, he man. Play, he played oh, over Isaiah on. Crowell, and then Crowell played with, with, into the second team offense, too. So it's not to say Crowell's not going to be involved with, with the starters at some point. He's going to be. But you should also know Isaiah Crowell suffered a concussion that game, and uh, he didn't. he's not with the team right now. He's actually in the concussion protocol and all that, so... It's just setting him back a little bit more. But Bilal Powell, as I mentioned all along, he's more talented than Isaiah Crowell. And I know that he's like 30 years old now and he's in the final year of his contract. But guys, even with Matt Forte on the roster the last few years, who, by the way, is a 20 times better running back than Isaiah Crowell, they were still giving Bilal Powell, you know, 10 to 12 touches a game. So I think he's going to have fantasy viability. I think Bilal Powell, you could draft him as someone to get you by until you get Mark Ingram back from suspension. I like Bilal Powell as like a, just a, a late round guy that you can get for like, you know what, the 10th round and he's going to give you production. I, I'm okay with Bilal Powell as boring production and he's, and he's kind of shown a little more upside than someone like Isaiah Crowell. I'd rather have him than someone like Chris Thompson. Well, Chris Thompson's a bad example because he's hurt for a while. But, you know, someone like that who is going to be a, a PPR running back. Yeah, he's great in PPR and standard leagues. He's not going to help you most weeks. I would much rather have Bilal Powell, who I think is going to be useful. In terms of the Fantasy Labs rankers, I've been abnormally high on Powell for months. 
and uh, I actually have him ranked higher than Crowell. <laughs> like, that's not to say that I would actually draft him before Crowell, but uh, I think at the end of the season, he will have provided more value than Crowell. I think he's going to end up the fit. I haven't ranked above Crowell, and I would draft him over. I, I legitimately have been on record saying that I wouldn't draft Crowell as like a top 40 running back. I wouldn't do it. Paul, Powell is on that borderline conversation. I think it's going to be a messy timeshare. I thought McGuire was the one that I wanted uh, as like a late round guy because he might have had the best three down skill set. He was young. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad we're in sync on this one because we, we're going to have to fight the footballers because they're in on Crowell and we're not. And There's people ready to take Crowell in like the second round again, man. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last year when we were t- telling everybody, don't draft Crowell. He's just a bust. And uh, you know what? People didn't learn their lesson, apparently. Oh, I don't know, man. People have a, a weird obsession with Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, I don't I, I don't understand it. All right, Matt, let's go on to your uh, third one now. Uh, Andrew Luck coming back. This one feels kind of obvious. Uh, but watching him throw the football, uh, it was like, I don't know, like, like, like football pornography or something. It was, <laughs> you know, it was just like this, this is right. This is the way that things should be. Uh, He's got the mustache too. Exactly. That, that goes, <laughs> that goes into the previous comment. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's just, he, I don't want to say like, he looks like he's all the way back because it was only nine attempts. But, you know, you saw him take a hit. You know, he got sacked. You saw him uh, have like a one-yard rush. You saw him move around, and he looked basically like Andrew Luck. Uh, he looked like a guy who was out there with no limitations. So uh, I'm I'm back, and I've been high on Luck up to this point uh, just in, in terms of the rankings, uh, but I'm still moving him up a little bit. I think if healthy, and he seems healthy, he's a top-five fantasy quarterback. Agree. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he finished in the top two. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Luck back out there. We need the next generation of like elite quarterbacks, and, and Luck was uh, ascending to that level. Um, I'm worried about his pass catchers just because it seems like there's just like a bunch of mediocre options. But the fact that he has an actual offensive line now, that should help too. So I'm excited for Andrew Luck. I'm happy to have him back. I'm not happy about, however, the mustache because it just looks stupid. I wonder if in 10 years we'll be talking about Andrew Luck and Baker Mayfield the way we're talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Not like as the GOAT, but like as these are the two guys and you expect them to make the Super Bowl every single year. And when they don't, it's kind of a, a disappointment. I hope so. It'd be fun. Yeah, I, I really hope that, you know, when all these guys retire, that somebody fills it in. I, I guess it always happens, but it's kind of scary. Or maybe we'll just be talking about their facial hair. Like, like Andrew Luck literally <laughs> looks like a, a private detective. Like, 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 you know, he looks like someone who would have been a private detective in in an 80s uh, TV drama. The the flip phone, it's fake. He's got like five real, really high tech phones and he just shows the flip phone so nobody suspects it. Yeah, so good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, uh, here's my third takeaway. It is that Royce Freeman is the real deal, and I moved him up my draft board. You know, not not too much. I don't want to get overexcited, but I moved him up two or three spots, and uh, I guess that is a fairly big deal, right? Uh, Royce Freeman, I kind of thought maybe he was just a bowling ball. Yeah, I think he's probably going to start. He'll get his touches, and he'll be useful because of that. But he's big, and he's quick, man. He made some good moves on that touchdown, and I know it was just four carries, but he looked awesome. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about Royce Freeman. Tags, are you with me? Oh, for sure. This is uh, the beat writers have said all along that Royce Freeman's the guy. Like he's going to be the guy. You could like when you watch them in the practice field that he's the, like he's just. We've seen Devontae Booker, guys. He's been on the roster. They've seen him with a starting job. They've seen him with a workload. They they understood. It's kind of like the whole Buck situation. They've seen Peyton Barber with a workload. Booker could get cut. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they cut him. 
if they're really impressed with Royce Freeman, that could be a surprise cut. But the fact that he comes so cheap, it might not because he's still on the rookie deal. But uh, it wouldn't shock me, though, because they are really high on Philip Lindsay. Um, and I, I, I like Lindsay a lot. And then they still have uh, D'Angelo Henderson on the roster. So it's well, I think one of those guys potentially could get cut. And so would it be shocking if it was Booker? No, it's not going to be Lindsay. I'll tell you that. It, there's no chance it's Lindsay. It's either Henderson or Booker. I agree with you on that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's most likely Henderson. Uh, but I... From a talent standpoint, I'm not a huge Booker guy, so um, I, that's why I think it's been Freeman's job all along. Matt, did you change your mind on Freeman whatsoever, or is this kind of what you expected? Oh, I love Freeman. Uh, one of the most productive running backs in college over the last four years. Big-bodied guy who's actually athletic, who's an underrated pass catcher. Uh, like, I think he's sort of the arbitrage Leonard Fournette. Like, I, I want him everywhere, especially Dynasty. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy to hear this from you, Matt, because, like, I'm a huge fan, and I've had people tell me that he's just not elite in anything to where he's never going to be uh, uh, that big guy. I compared him to Jordan Howard, but with, he has better hands than Jordan Howard. But it's just like he doesn't do any – he's not like elite with anything carrying the football, but he gets the job done. He follows his blocks. He has excellent vision, and that's something that cannot be taught. So I'm with you, man. That's awesome. You know, I moved Freeman up. I, I can't decide if I would rather have him than Mark Ingram. But, like, there's that tier of McCaffrey, McKinnon, Mixon, Jordan Howard. And then after that, it's just like, who? well, who do I draft? I think the guy that you draft now is Freeman as the number 17 running back. Whew, that's getting a little expensive for my taste. But, I mean, I, I get it. And that's why it's like, you know, getting, like, rushing to get those running backs before the uh, top 15 are off the board. It's like a mad rush because after that, it's like a giant tier. I mean, who are you going to take? Alex Collins, Lamar Miller, LaShawn McCoy, Jay Ajayi? It's, it's Freeman for me. I'd take, I'd take McCoy and Collins over Freeman uh, just because, like, it, I, I don't know if they're that willing to give him all those touches, but it, I, don't, I don't think it's crazy. It's just uh, it's tough, man. That's, that's pretty high. Matt, how high are you taking him? Yeah, okay. So I have him right now as RB26, but I think I'm going to be moving him up a little bit. I still prefer um, McCoy. I still prefer Ingram, Lamar Miller, uh, Rashad Penny. I'm going to have to move down a little bit. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, I have ranked right above Freeman, but I, I could see moving Freeman ahead of him too. All right. What's your next one, Tags? Uh, this may be your last one, by the way. It's that I think Chris Carson actually is the Seahawks starter. Um, oh. No, it's it, we've had three beat reporters. You're right, though. Yeah, we've had three beat reporters from Seattle saying that it's clear. Like when you go to camp, there was a there was a, one of the beat reporters from ESPN went over to their camp, and he's not even a beat reporter, but he just he basically saw what was happening on the field. He's like, it's clear that Chris Carson, it's his job. Um, they're saying that Rashad Penny is going to be mixed in, but it's not going to be like a pretty situation, guys. Like for for those of you who are drafting, Rashad Penny is like the RB seventeen, RB eighteen early in the off season. That's going to turn out to be a bad pick. Uh, I'm not saying that. I think even if you're drafting Carson, it's not going to be very pretty. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Carson's obviously the better value because he's like, but he even him, he's moved up to the point where I don't even want to draft him. Like I think Rashad Penny's going to end up being the better fantasy running back in that backfield. I do believe that, but I'm not drafting him as a top 30 running back anymore. Yep, I agree. Oh, what do you think, Matt? Is uh, are you convinced that Carson is the starter, or have you are you still holding on to Penny? Man, because I, I really liked Penny entering the draft process. I was surprised he was a first rounder, but I, I think he has a ton of talent. But um, I did move Carson up my rankings and I did move Penny down my rankings after week one of the preseason. So I'm not sold yet that Carson is the starter. And I think whatever happens, it's going to be pretty messy between the two of them. Um, but I, I have adjusted Carson up and I, I just I, like looking into the future. Uh, if they continue to use him the, the way that they did use him last week, I will probably move him up further. 
I'm putting it at 50-50. I'm not so ready to give up yet. I mean, who knows if Pete Carroll's just doing something cute where he's trying to get Penny, you know, harder, you know, he's trying to give him confidence going up against the the second team or whatever like that. I have no idea, but I just can't give in yet. I can't do it. Why would they draft this guy in the first round? Has this ever happened before? A first round running back in the past 10 years who doesn't start right away? Uh, Yeah, D'Angelo Williams, but that was a, that was a while ago. That was probably more like 12 years ago. It's pretty rare, to be honest with you. Like it, that, that, That's why I didn't want to believe it from the beginning. Like When there was one beat reporter, it's like, ah, there's always someone who's got an opinion. They might want to stand out from everybody else. But, I mean, when people say it, it's like you just walk in there, it's apparent that he's the starter and he's the one that looks the best. Um, that's that's saying something. David Wilson. I think he was he's maybe the last first-rounder not to get a lot of serious action in his first year. It's rare. Yeah, you're right. All right, Matt, let's go on to you for your fourth one here. Uh, this isn't a very good one. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, or, or, let me, or let me rephrase that. It's not very actionable, um, but it's one that is uh, really intriguing to me. Uh, I think the Jake Kumaro hype is something that is real. Um, and it's like compare it to um, like Jeff Janis in previous seasons where he had a lot of good preseason production, but it was always kind of like begrudgingly given to him by the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers never seemed excited about it. Like Aaron Rodgers is actively talking up Kumaro, um, who is a big bodied guy who is pretty athletic, went to a small school, was very productive there. And you see Kumaro score like a 52 yard touchdown and Aaron Rodgers is like on, on the sideline, like jumping up and down. Like I could see Kumaro actually emerging as a guy who gets serious volume from Aaron Rodgers this year. Like, I, I mean, like this is like the, the hottest of like unlikely takes it's almost certainly not going to happen, but I, I could see it happening. You know, like I could see... This is good. You said this is bad. I like this, man. This is a good take. I could see Kumaro actually emerging as the number three receiver. Uh, and then, you know, who knows what happens? Uh, Devontae Adams is more of a guy who's a, a goal line type of receiver as opposed to like a field stretching receiver. Uh, Cobb could be injured. You know, so it's a situation where I think there's there's uh, more opportunity in Green Bay's passing game than people maybe think. Uh, Kumaro might be a guy who actually capitalizes. That's interesting. Like, so Kumaro, he, he kind of reminds me, he, he seems like he's the new Janice, like where he could become that that darling, that preseason <laughs> darling. Because uh, like Geronimo Allison was also someone that Rodgers was talking up to the media a couple days ago. Uh, so Geronimo Allison, you know, a lot of people have been telling me that, you know, it's going to be Jamon, Jamon Moore, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be Trevor Davis, it's going to be, uh, you know, Equinemia St. Brown. So many people have no idea who it's going to be. But Kumaro, the fact that he's been on the team, I... I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like I know Rodgers is rooting for him as a former undrafted player, maybe, but I, I still don't think that he's going to make his way into the starting lineup, but uh, he definitely had a great preseason there. I think, what was it? Like a 52 yard touchdown that he caught. Uh, so yeah, he was a preseason darling for sure. So, I mean, I could see why people want to fall in love. I just feel like he's a depth chart guy that's fighting for a roster spot with all the wide receivers they drafted. I mean, you look at it, D'Angelo, uh, Yancey is competing for the third job. He was drafted last year with them. Uh, and then you have the three receivers they drafted this year. So it's just, it's a really weird depth chart because behind Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb, I don't think anybody has a real clue. Oh, totally. So I have this list of, uh, like undrafted or late round wide receivers and basically, uh, I ignore it for two years and then, and like guys I like, but I know it's just not like historically, it's not reasonable for me to expect much from those guys. And then if those guys are still in the league, uh, two or three years after, 
then I start to take more of an interest in them because like at that point they have legitimate NFL potential and that's where Kumaro is. He's a guy who's been able to like hang around the league for a couple of years, undrafted guy, but entering the third year. Uh, so he's someone just kind of like historically who fits this archetype of someone who hangs around and then has like a real chance to break out at some point in third, fourth or fifth season, just because there's like depth chart uncertainty. Did you guys see the video where Aaron Rodgers was basically saying, like, I hate all of these young receivers on my team. I just hate them. I want them to go away. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Hey, yeah, he didn't say it exactly like that. He was just so upset at the young wide receivers. He said, you know, Gmo, that's Geronimo Allison, he was great. Devontae Adams, of course, was great. Um, and then he talked, he called out the young receivers, and he was so mad. That makes me think, Jamon Moore's not starting. Brown's not starting. Uh I think it's Allison at this point, but I love the hot take, and it's one I'm going to be paying attention to. Kumaro was someone that Aaron Rodgers praised in that blurb. You're right. Good good call. Totally forgot about that. Okay, guys, uh, I'm actually not going to do my last one right now. I'm going to change this up and do stat of the day first, okay? Here's the stat of the day. A lot of people don't realize this. In fact, when I posted on Twitter, people were shocked. Going into week 10, when Zeke's suspension started— Dak Prescott was the QB3 in fantasy football points per game. Oh, yeah. Did you guys know that? Oh, yeah. When I saw that, I, I did a double take. I was like, am I looking at the wrong year here? <laughs> he was really good, and everyone thinks he just totally flopped. Yeah, at the end of the season, he was a bum. You know what? Tyron Smith was out. Zeke was out. Everyone was focusing on the pass. I don't really think it's crazy to say you lose Des Bryant and Jason Witten, replace him with Alan Hearns, uh, Michael Gallup and Tavon Austin, that this wide receiver core is much worse. Dak Prescott got it done last year. Someone who was really good again when Zeke was healthy. He's not suspended. He's healthy now. Tyron Smith is healthy. And I'm excited about Dak Prescott. And the reason that I brought this stat up is that I was watching the Panthers game, and everyone said this secondary was going to be bad. This secondary is really bad. This secondary is pick on the Panthers secondary every week in DFS bad. I really believe that. And guess who they get in week one? It's Dak Prescott. I'm no longer drafting Andy Dalton as my week one streamer. I'm drafting Dak Prescott. I think uh, I think he's going to get the job done. I think I might even hold on to him after week one, too. Matt, how do you feel about him? Uh, that's really interesting. I'm going to need to go back and, and look at the numbers. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, um, so I I tend to be like very hot or very cold. And so like I, I try I, I, I basically try not to have Cowboys on my team uh, just so I don't I, I, I don't know. I know that's probably like an irrational take, but I try to fight irrationality <laughs> with irrationality, <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, he was one of the greatest rookie quarterbacks of all time in his first year. And then last year, yeah, I mean, as as you pointed out with those numbers, he was good when things were optimal around him. Um, when he didn't have the running game protection and his offensive line was weak, uh, his production deteriorated so it's just a question of uh what you expect the Cowboys offense to look like this year uh and if you think he will be able to match that early season production Dak's a sneaky one man like so I uh I I released my QB rankings and tiers today where I kind of go through you know like where you should expect to draft every player and I have Dak in the streamer category but Dak uh looking at him and Kirk Cousins over the last two years a lot of people are like oh Kirk Cousins he's been a you know a top eight fantasy quarterback for each of the three last three years so going to Minnesota with better weapons obviously is going to be better well I hope so because Kirk Cousins has only been a top 12 performer 
47% of the time in the last two years. Dak Prescott, 53%. Uh, now, granted, Bobby, you, you said it. Going from Dez and Witten down to what they have now, it's absolutely a downgrade. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. I think Dez Bryant is still a little bit underrated by the fantasy community. I think, you know, Tony Romo came out and said, Dez Bryant's the same player he's always been. Like, Dez Bryant has never been a separator. He's never been a guy that is going to, you know, run routes like Amari Cooper does or Stephon Diggs does. He's not that guy. He's going to bully you or in the red zone. And that's what he's made to do. Um, I, I, ha I don't have faith in the Cowboys play callers. I, I feel like they're a very vanilla offense. And, you know, what are they going to do with Tavon Austin? Are they, did they all of a sudden become creative overnight? Because I don't think they did. Um, Alan Hearns is not a possession style wide receiver. Michael Gallup still running with the second team. They're probably going to run the Tavon Austin, you know, Jeff Fisher jet sweep that everyone knows exactly what's coming and he gets one yard. I think Dak Prescott went from overrated to underrated relative, like really fast. And I think he's actually a, an above average NFL starting quarterback. I, I would put him in my top 15 quarterbacks if I were ranking them uh, in terms of talent standpoint, not fantasy. And for week one, I've got I've got Dak in my top seven. I don't know, Matt. So you're a Cowboys guy. I, I like talking to people that actually are like you get to watch you watch the Cowboys closer than any other team. Do you think you feel like I'm on the right path here with Dak that he's just he went from overrated to underrated and now it's just a lack of weapons might not make him look as good as he actually is? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I think so. I think he was, as you mentioned, underrated. I think he was very underrated entering the NFL. I think he was drafted far later than he should have been given the production that he had and the type of production he had in the SEC. Um, but with the system that they're using right now, it seems as if it's a very, I know they, they say they want to have a quote unquote Dak friendly offense, but like, what does that mean? Like, it, it seems as if like what that means to them is sort of like treating him like Alex Smith and having him hand the ball off and then make these like short, uh, you know, highly scripted passes uh, not letting him really use the whole field. And then at this point, not giving him a full complement of weapons. So even though I think he is a talented player, there's just a question of one, how often are they going to let him throw it? And then two, how efficient is he going to be when he's throwing it, given the weapons that he has and the play caller that he has? I'm right there with you. All right, guys, that was all for today's show. Matt, really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving good insight, as always. Thanks, guys. A lot of fun to be here. And don't forget, we've got the signed David Johnson jersey giveaway from pristineauction.com. Just go to fantasypros.com slash contest if you want to enter. It takes about 30 seconds. And don't forget, too, that you can get a six-month premium upgrade to our highest tier. You can get all the content for just 10 bucks. All you have to do, go to fantasypros.com slash offer. Deposit the $10 to draft.com which is an awesome DFS site. Tags and I both love it. You'll see us there. You can draft against us there. Or if you've already got the premium, you can extend for six more months by going to fantasypros.com slash extend. Thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Lisa Mattresses, where you can get $160 off your Lisa mattress at leesa.com slash fantasypros. And thanks also to Game Pass, where you can get a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass by going to nfl.com slash fantasypros. From Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.